Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. Kukur and Niklaus, the two of you head into the district of Canaloon. As you walk along the streets, you see innumerable advertisements for both major corporations and small businesses and the latest Magitech and anything that you could ever want. Is it, in terms of these advertisements, much different than like West Ovaria and East Ovaria in terms of the amount of stuff being advertised and whatnot? Yeah. I'm just trying to get a sense of of what Hercure would, <laughs> how sh- how surprised or kind of amazed by it all he might be. Especially for you, Hercure, you're not accustomed to seeing so many bright lights, so many advertisements, so many blinking things, all of which are powered by Magitech, in particular the illusion-based ones. Even though it is in the middle of the day, with the tall buildings, the many Magitech wires, and sky bridges, it's very shady on the ground level. As you continue down the street, you see that it's a very, it's a mix of residential and commercial neighborhoods, usually with the stores on the first level, which include both corporate-owned stores as well as a fair amount of small businesses, actually. You see that there's pharmacies selling healing Magitech and the like, sort of all-purpose home improvement stores and others that focus on security and guns. In fact, there's a surprisingly large amount of gun stores. <laughs> Just like Magitech weapons? Yeah. Different different kind of handles for them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you do see in the gun stores, they also do sell more medieval fare, which includes swords and crossbows and spears and the like. You can see that that influence is still very much still in the culture. For when you're out of Magitech... The three of you are accompanied by Audrey, Constance, and Gobzu. Audrey is a human with dark brown hair that she keeps in a tight bun, and she's wearing a dirty pair of beige overalls, still. (laughs) Some oversized leather working gloves and a white shirt and a pair of goggles on her head. Her sister Constance looks very similar to her, almost like a slightly shorter, stockier version, and her hair is done in a single long braid. In contrast to Audrey's sort of shabby-looking mechanic look, Constance is wearing a stylish dark-colored cloak and a small bag on her belt, which 
You've seen her previously pull out paintbrushes and paint, which is what she faintly smells of. Mmm, chemicals. And who is Gobsu currently clinging to, or is he independently the locomotive at the moment? <laughs> Gobsu is independently locomotive. He can walk. He can dance if he wants to. Yeah. He is a somewhat youngish goblin. He's a little bit smaller than the other ones you've seen. In recent days, though, he has upgraded his tracksuit. Oh, yes? Yeah, he's, he's now wearing a navy tracksuit with white trimmings. Like, no more red. My red knife days are over. Very Adidas of him. <laughs> nice. The five of you continue down the street. Constance turns around and she says, Ugh, So where are we going? Well, uh, we do have this address. Checking my to. notes. Where's the address? Let me just pull out the piece of paper we enlarged. <laughs> 555 Artoria Street, Cantaloon, which I have misspelled three times here, but now I see the correct spelling on the map. Yes, exactly. We were told to go there by um, a talking rabbit. I don't know. Did we ever talk about that with you, Constance? Ugh, no, you guys never tell me anything. Okay. I mean, to be fair, we've only known each other for a couple of days. And you almost killed us with some art. We were breaking into her place, so... <laughs> <laughs> I call that one even. Fair enough. Yeah, we're trying to get to this address. There are supposed to be people there that can tell us what the hell happened to us. Uh, okay, well, let's let's get a move on. I put a wiggle in it. Uh, wait, does any of us know where this street is in Catalan? The class looks around for one of those you are here signs. She's <laughs> like a big arrow. <laughs> Big target on the ground. Yeah, do a perception check. Perception. It's going to be a straight 10. <laughs> Classic non-committal 10. <laughs> Does it every time? About half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You take a look around and you see down the street that there is one of those interactive maps. Oh, nice. Highlighting the district of Canaloon. Yeah, There's a map over there. Let's take a look. What? Uh, oh, I go to the map with everyone else, I presume. Yeah, the the whole gang heads over to the map, and you see that there's a little console with a couple of different buttons. Each button appears to pull up a different zoom level of the map of the district. Is there like a standard screen now with just like a UR here? Yeah. The current screen is the entire district. Gotcha. And there's a little thing that says you are here. It's like bouncing. <laughs> Does it have a search feature? There's not. <laughs> Does anyone know how to spell Artorias? Or spell in general? Or is it just you have to zoom in on different uh, quadrants type thing? Sectors. Yeah, I guess we, we try to, to zoom in until like the street names are visible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Could be here a while. <laughs> yeah, go in and do a intelligence check. Whoever's pressing the buttons. I guess Nicholas will do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Not bad. 17. Nice. Nice. Niklaus yeah. is plus three smart. Through a series of deductive button pushings. <laughs> I know this. This is a this is a Unix system. <laughs> He's actually just hacked into it. He's like, hmm. <laughs> He's he actually creates a search for it. <laughs> but yeah, you click around the buttons a couple of times, and eventually you you do see Arturia Street located in the northern part of the district, which is quite a bit of a distance it's, from it's a hike, yeah, where you guys say. are. We're on the far west, right? Yeah. Okay. Southwest-ish. Are there, like, public transit lines that run from where we are to where that is? 
<laughs> yeah, you hit another button and the metro lines show up. Nice. And yeah, a, a metro ride could shorten your your commute.、Mm-hmm. But then you think about how much money you have. <laughs> I check my pockets. A moth flies flies out. Well, how much money do you guys have? I have like fifty five gold. I have like six gold on me. Let's check <clears> our、uh... our bank account is thirty gold. Thirty gold, okay. Oh, unless it needs to update. I think that's accurate. Seems in the ballpark. We spent a lot on、um, stuff for the、um, for the heist, yeah. For the heist, yeah. Yeah. Audrey says, "Yeah, I got nothing." <laughs> Constance. Constance says, "All of my all all of my funds are currently locked up in physical assets." All right.、Mm-hmm. So we're walking. Is that is that what we're coming? One more person to ask. <laughs> so Gobsu, how much you got left after getting that new tracksuit? Oh, oh. Um, I have like ten gold. Okay, I don't think that's gonna be enough for all of us to get from here to there. Do I remember how much Metro and Kanaloon costs? I have no idea. Nicholas probably knows. Nicholas does actually know, and it's it gets pretty pricey after a while, especially for single tickets.、Mm-hmm. Depending on the distance traveled, it can go upwards of twenty gold. Yeah, we're not gonna be able to afford that yet. Nope, not at this time. What is the scale of these districts? Like, if you were to walk without rest from where we are to where that is, how long do you think it would take?、Mm, rough estimate, like five hours. It's not that much worse than other walks we've done in.、Uh, it's not terrible. West Overe. It's、yeah. not great. It's,、uh, three points since Ronken, you know. <laughs> could be useful to、uh, get a lay of the land some too, though. Yeah, I mean, we could go part of the way there and find like a hotel, motel, yeah, alley. <laughs> <laughs> Fight some homeless people for their cardboard box. <laughs> I mean, you know they're gonna have the good spot if they're already there, right? That's、so. true. That's true. What do you guys think?、Uh, Nicholas says as he looks towards Constance, Audrey, and Gabzu. Gabzu says, "Yeah, I'm okay with walking. I sort of want to take a look around the city, actually. I guess we, we have a couple bucks. We could、um, see if there's anything in these stores. That way, we can be truly destitute when we arrive, <laughs> <laughs> penniless, literally." Keep an eye out on the floor. You never know. Some people drop a gold and not bother to pick it up. So just, just keep an eye out. <laughs> search for change under vending machines. Yeah. Both Constance and Audrey sort of shrug. They seem to be okay with walking. All right. No sense wasting what daylight there is. Yeah. Depending on where we are in the city, I don't think we want to be out on the streets at night. It's not like West Siberia, but <laughs> no. But we don't know this place. Yeah. So we begin walking northeast-ish. Yeah, I think one of you guys had a compass, right? I do have a compass. You're right. On the、uh, the map thing before we leave, I pull up the points of interest button to see <laughs> if there's anything along the route that we plan on taking. Yeah, you take a look, and it seems like a lot of the supposed points of interest are actually just convenience stores. Hey, wait a minute! <laughs> does it have a little? <laughs> this this point of interest has <laughs> been paid for by the private <laughs> brought to you by JYMO Convenience Stores. At the very very bottom corner, in very in very like small illusion, it says, "Brought to you by Soulsmart." Nice, a subsidiary of Solstice Industries, which is the corporation that makes all the Magitech. Well, I guess nothing for it. We can start walking. I do want to ask you, Herkir. Do you have the two magic pistols? Because I know we have two of them and like a cane. Uh, I think because there was a pistols. There was one that was an eldritch 
It had Eldritch Blast in it, and the other one that had Ray of Frost in it. Uh, I didn't take them if we did. Okay. Were those I... on? Did those blow up with Jack? No, we got those, I think, afterwards from the goblins. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't have them on my Okay, then I think we should probably list. take at least one of them, since I can, I can do Ray of Frost already. You want to take that one? Sure. Okay. It's a Ray of Frost in pistol. The two of you exchange weapons in the middle of the street. This is fine. It, it actually really doesn't strike anybody as odd. Yeah, with this many gun stores. <laughs> this is like open carry in Texas, you know. <laughs> you guys head out? Yep. 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 The gang heads out, and you guys take a winding path toward this mysterious address. Reading the compass wrong, sorry. Yeah, it really doesn't help that a lot of the streets curve and intersect in really weird ways. It also doesn't help that sometimes there are overhead bridges. Overhead bridge? Ah, interesting. Making it sort of difficult to navigate on a two-dimensional space. Uh-huh. As you guys are traveling, Constance turns around and she says, Ugh, so now that we're traveling companions, who are you guys again? I'm here, and this is Nicklaus. I'm sure she means, like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? She knows our names, right, Constance? Uh, of course. Okay, just, just checking. I didn't know if she actually remembered her name. <laughs> <laughs> she looks a little bit... <laughs> you see, like, the sweat bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess we can tell you a little bit. If, if Audrey trusts you, then I guess we can extend a small amount of trust to you as well. She's seen you guys before, but she sizes you guys up and down. Niklas, what do you look like? Oh, God. You didn't give me any prep for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what color is the suit? Because it changed at some point. I know. Reversible jackets. Oh, right, we did do that. I think we reversed it back, probably. <laughs> so, Niklaus is a human male. He's got, like, uh, omber hair, so kind of like a, a dark brown, but that kind of is more blonde in certain areas. Um, he wears, uh, like, a dark red, like a blood red, suit you know with a shirt and tie he has a long overcoat that's in a dark black and though he carries an pistol, he doesn't seem very familiar with it he kind of fumbles with it sometimes and he has a you know striking blue eyes but he doesn't wear anything or draw any attention to them i don't think he's one that tries to draw attention to himself every now and then he forgets and casts magic in the open <laughs> <laughs> yeah constance also takes a look at you here kira Herkir is a half-orc. He's about 5'8". He's got black, messy, shoulder-length hair and black eyes. He is dressed rather shabbily in uh, sort of multicolored camo-type clothing, but it's clearly sort of been patched together, and it looks much more like lichens and moss than anything intentional urban camouflage-type thing. Did you put away your military jacket? Did I have? Oh, I forgot. Yes, he's probably still wearing his over that... A very old-fashioned military jacket. It looks like it might have come out of a museum. <laughs> <laughs> and then she asks, So how did you guys find this address again? So there we were. Let's go cut a little closer. We're going to talk about this. This is kind of like uh, stuff people in the street shouldn't hear. So Yeah. Just uh, we'll keep it down. Okay. Yeah, she's like, oh, uh, uh, okay. And she gets, I mean, yeah, she gets a little bit closer. So as uh, Herker was saying, there we were. <laughs> waking up, alone, cold, wet, tired. And the first face I saw was this guy, and I was horrified. I'm just Herker, joking. 
Hercure nods like it was a horrifying moment for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really know what had happened. Uh, we were kind of each found ourselves in similar positions and kind of became companions of necessity. Yes. Wait, so where, where did you wake up? Some sort of secure facility. Secret Maybe laboratory. a research facility? Yeah. Laboratory. That sounds right. Huh. Okay. Okay. Jack was there too? Yes. He made three. There was a fourth pod that had already been broken out of before we woke up, but we never at that time knew who had been inside. Huh. Yeah. So we tried to escape, but the door was locked. This is the first of many doors that we encountered in our travels <laughs> that we have struggled to get through. It was a very complicated mechanism. Yeah, it, you know, it was an advanced door. It was a very advanced <laughs> door. Level 10 door. I think Jack almost got crushed by it at one point. Yeah, we, we struggled to keep it, keep it open. Anyway, it turns out our rabbit pal was monitoring us through cameras, I guess, or some sort of devices in the lab. So he directed us to the control center where he was and gave us this address. And I guess maybe he intended to give us more information about what was going on. Yeah, we fought our way out. We killed some constructs chased by fire. <laughs> we activated some constructs because Jack uh, wanted the sword. I mean, he got the sword in the end, so. He, he did. God, he loved that sword. Single tier. <laughs> and then we jumped out of a perfectly functioning airship. <laughs> Way to save that for the end. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I'm not sure we knew it was in the air until the end, to that extent. I mean, we Con tried to make, like, a parachute thing. <laughs> we de we hit terminal velocity. Thankfully, it wasn't too terminal. We woke up, and Audrey had somehow saved us, kept us alive, and moved her into her, like, spare apartment. Constance says, huh, I thought you guys would have known each other for longer. Well, you know what they say, the bonds forged and the fires of desperation and all that. She also has this look where she's sort of squinting at you guys and she's like, are you guys serious? <laughs> but but she allows you to continue. So that's how we met. Yeah, and that's how we met Audrey. <laughs> Audrey from ahead of you guys gives like thumbs up. <laughs> Before we left the airship, the talking rabbit, which I understand maybe the some, one of the least unbelievable things of what we said so far. It seemed pretty unbelievable at the time, but it's gotten less so over time. Yeah, the whole goblin catapult thing really reset my life. <laughs> expectations <laughs> he gave us uh, the address but it was written on a really tiny piece of paper and by really tiny i mean incredibly small and uh we needed to get the address and audrey gave us some advice about that uh yeah how did you how did you look at the address well the only way to look at something that small was to use a enlarge reduce to enlarge it so we had to find one of those i think we got that at the museum is that right Hercure? yes i believe we Audrey told us there was a bunch of salvageable magitech there and that there could be an enlarged reduce. And I believe that's that's where we uncovered it mm -hmm. after yeah. fighting a, a very advanced organic cleaning machine. It was a slime. It was a gelatinous cube. It was bigger than me. Oozed. It ate Jack. Did it eat you too? I don't remember. I don't think it ate me. No, it just ate Jack. <laughs> just Jack. Poor just Jack. Jack. Poor Jack. <laughs> uh. He got the cube, he got the the painting. Yeah, just, <laughs> just things things just loved eating him, like I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, we brought that, but then we we're gonna bring it back to Audrey, but then she was captured. Do I have my timeline right timeline right? This when you got arrested, right, Audrey? She got arrested. Uh Audrey's like Uh yeah, I think that's right. How'd they find you in the first place? I never did we ever find out why? You know what? I don't really know. Mm. 
I blame the halfling. Oh, yeah, uh, Victoria? Yes, the halfling in the business suit. Yeah. Virginia? Virginia. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how did she find out? Oh, anyway. Anyway, (laughs) Audrey had been, I guess, arrested. Arrested. Yeah. Well, kidnapped by the authorities such as they are in West Ovaria. And she did figure out the enlarged reduce before she was taken, so we had the address. But we couldn't let her rot in jail. It didn't feel right after everything she had done. She had, it seems, saved our lives after all. Oh, y'all are so nice. So then we did a prison break. Oh, first okay. we ran into those goblins. With the help of some goblins, yeah. That's where we met Gobsu, I think. That is no. where we met Gobsu. He was in prison because he had been captured after uh, stealing the, the pixie from the gobfather. Oh, yeah. I, I sort of ran into the street and got hit by a car, a police car. You need to look both ways when you cross streets, Gobsu. Did the godfather never tell you this? How many cars are there? It was still very to begin with. <laughs> well, it's important just, now that you're just in Canada. One, just the one 18-wheeler. <laughs> just the three police cars, a police motorcycle, and the 18-wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess whatever whatever black vehicle Virginia goes around in. Yeah, ve- vehicular casualties were high. <laughs> well, now you know, Gabzu. Yeah, I know. So he was in there, and the goblins had actually wanted us to bring him back, too. But we just set him free. Did they want us to bring him back or to kill or, him and bring or back what kill he him? Had? I'm not. Yeah. I think there was there was some there was some uh, leeway on what condition Gobzu could have been brought back in. I think as long as we recovered the, the pixie. pixie, not that we yeah. did it. Well, Gobzu's obviously here, so in, in the end we decided not not to kill him. Something about the Godfather. <laughs> Constance asks. Oh, so yeah, what what's up with this pixie? Well, the goblins, or at least the gobfather, was using her to make drugs from- using her pixie dust to make drugs, and that was basically funding the Red Knife clan, or gang, whatever they call themselves. Uh, she's in charge of them now. Huh. Yeah, apparently pixie dust is really addictive. Oh yeah, that, that stuff's nasty. But not- one single pixie is not a permanent source, so- They- they'd run all the dust they could out of her. <laughs> At this point, you guys have been talking and walking for a while, and you realize you are super, super lost. Uh, he looks around. He's like looking at his compass. He has no idea what it all means. Um, guys, um, I really got wrapped up in that story. Um, I don't know where we are. Oh, I'm sure there's one of those. And he turns to the left. Uh, map turns to the right. Things he turns around. Oh, close. It's like we're just in an abandoned warehouse. How did we even get in here? Niklas, go ahead and do a perception check. 15. Yay. Seems like a good number. Works every time, 75% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) You take a look around and you do see one sort of dilapidated map console. You are here. Wait. This says we're on an island off the coast of the continent. You see a... A pretty short half-elven girl. Is she selling ice cream? She is not. <laughs> okay. Whew. She's in her early teens, and she's wearing an oversized dark gray hoodie and shorts. She has a bit of a roundish face and dark brown hair and a ponytail, and she's very aimlessly pushing these buttons on the map, but none of them are popping up. As she does so, she looks up and... We'll say that you guys are about 20 feet away or something like that. Just staring intently at her, though. Yeah. She she raises her head from the buttons, and she sees you staring very intently at her, 
and she looks extremely surprised. She sort of jumps back and goes into a defensive stance, and then she just runs away. Okay, bye! That's weird. Constance says, what's weird? The girl that was over there by the, the map that ran away. She seemed very both startled and afraid of us, or like she guilt- felt guilty about something. Anyway, let's see what this map says. Did you not see that? Herky just walks up to the map. Constant shrugs. She says, uh, maybe I missed it. <laughs> Constant rolled a one. Constant rolled a one. <laughs> I was just really engrossed in your story about talking rabbits and <laughs> pixie dust. Mm. Well, let's see if we can't figure out where we are. Does like signage change when we talk about things? Is there now like signs for pixie dust on the, uh, the commercials? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, just it's, the secret, it's the secret sixth. <laughs> it's the secret six corporation that actually runs everything. It's called Head Page. <laughs> That's good. Uh, as Nicholas walks up to join her care at the map, he like. Glances at the direction that the half-elf ran off to, seeing if he still sees her. You don't see anything. All right, what do you see here, Kirk here? I mean, I guess I have a general sense of how it works, so I've, like, pressed a button or, or two. Yeah, you, you try to press a button, and, and normally after you press a button, you would hear a sort of loading sound, which would be a Classic. illusion Magitech connecting with a Magitite line. Ah, uh, gotcha. The problem is this one appears to be empty, and nothing clicks into place. Herkir bangs on the side. Does that the work? The metallic banging echoes down the street. He unplugs it and plugs it back in. <laughs> <laughs> this is the troubleshooting he knows, guys. Yeah, nothing nothing pops up. Looks like that's not going to be any help. Although, Idri, do you want to take a look at the innards of this thing? Oh yeah, I can take a look. Herkir looks around. Maybe it got it got salvaged by someone, as it were. Uh, yeah, how about, how about you guys keep a lookout? I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to get arrested again. Herky yeah, keeps a it'd look be much at. more difficult to break you out of a uh, police station in Canada than in West Siberia. Does he hear any Valley Girls type talking from a police officer of any kind? <laughs> uh, not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> hmm. Audrey takes a look at the console and she pulls out some tools and she pulls off a side panel. She pokes around in the innards of the console and she says, "Yeah, it's just, it's just empty." Ah, uh, all of it. Yeah. Oh no. Well, should we ask for directions? Is there is there anyone or anywhere where we could ask for directions? <laughs> I look on my map for the nearest Soul Mart or Soul Smart. <laughs> you take a look around and you see that first of all it's starting to get dark. Uh-oh. Darker than it already is. The sun is setting and with the limited light that's sort of down on the street, it's I've got night vision or dark vision. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, you you see that it's starting to get dark. And this neighborhood is quieter than the other ones you've seen, and it gives you a bit of an uncomfortable feeling. Uh, maybe we should play it. find a place to hole up for tonight before it's too dark. Yeah, do you see any hotels, places of lodging? I look around for hotels or places of lodging. Yeah, go and roll a perception check. 16. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. The hardest part is actually trying to discern what is... How do I describe this? There are no signs on anything. It's actually the opposite problem. Oh, there's too many signs. Yeah, there are so many signs that it's hard to tell what's what. And a lot of the signs are signs that are like, this store is in 0.356 kilometers. (laughs) And doesn't really give like a good direction. (laughs) 
But yeah, you're, you take a look at all the signage that's pretty close by. You do see that there's a sign for motel. Oh, hey, looks like there's a motel over there. I point in the direction of this sign that I saw. Oh, good eyes. Let's head on over there. I think it's a good time to call it for the night. I walk in that direction. Yep. The, the gang follows. Guys, I think we need to come up with like a cool name for ourselves. Let's come up with the, a name that's an anagram of all of our <laughs> names. Because <laughs> we'll never have to change it. <laughs> no one will ever die or be added to the group. It'll be fine. It's great. <laughs> Maybe after we rest. Yeah. Everybody approaches the motel, which is particularly shady from the outside. It's a pretty tall building with at least a dozen floors. In a 3D illusion floating above the first floor, there's a sign that says the Buy Gas Hotel. I don't like the sound of that. Is there... Like, like B-U-Y gas? Buy gas? Uh, B-Y-G-A-S-S. Buy gas. Hotel or motel? This is important. <laughs> Yeah, I said hotel, but it, it it is actually a motel. Okay, cool. We go into the particularly shady door. Yeah. You head into the lobby, and... There's a single light bulb flickering. There's a single light bulb flickering. Nice. Does it make that crackly <laughs> sound as it flickers? Yeah. Nice. You head into the lobby, which is sort of small, with the one light bulb that is flickering. Behind the counter is a somewhat overweight human who is balding. <laughs> So, uh, your classic cheap motel owner. All along the walls are hearts painted onto the, like... Like anatomical hearts, or...? No, like (laughs) lovey-dovey hearts. And the sudden feel that you get is that this is the sort of hotel that you go to... Hourly rates only? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The, the guy, the uh, the guy behind the counter, his eyes wide, and he's a, like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, sees a half orc, a human, uh, two other humans, and a goblin come in, and his eyebrows go up a little bit, and he says, "Can I help you?" Do you do overnight stays? Yes. How much? He he eyes the party, and he says, "A hundred. I'm sorry. What did he say? A hundred. Turned to her. Do you know what? Do you know what he said? I can't. I uh, thought he said a hundred, but that doesn't make sense. That's it's ridiculous. Do you have anything cheaper? Uh, maybe. What do you have for ten? <laughs> it's like there's a cardboard box on the underpass. <laughs> we have doom closet. A storage closet. Doom closet. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. Is it big enough for all of us to fit? No. How many could fit? Two. <sighs> okay, bear with this a minute. Okay, guys. We circle up. We huddle. It's like huddle a perfect up. huddle. Gobsy's in the middle. <laughs> no, no. Go, we're doing the the arm links like like a team huddle with the arms on his shoulders, and then okay. Gobsy was like between two people. His arm is just like he's very dangling. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are we doing? Uh, he said it's a hundred gold to stay for the night, or he has a closet that two people can fit in for ten gold. Audrey says, "Did y'all see how he looked at us?" N- not really. No. Maybe it's because we got like five of us squeezing into one room. I don't see what that would have to do with anything. I think he might be upcharging us because there's a bunch of us. Oh. Well, anyone have ideas about how to get around that? Do you want me to rough him up a bit? I mean, that might work. <laughs> Constance says, uh, well, I guess we could pretend to leave and then you guys could get the room and then you guys let us in afterwards. I mean... Or you could just beat him up. I mean, we could we could try that. Yeah, we'll, we'll try just saying that uh, we can get a better room for what us. If we, or like two rooms for less than... I don't know if we can afford two rooms. 
Well, we can't afford one at that cost. Or, the class looks around, how many chairs are in this lobby? <laughs> I don't know, four? We could just stay in the lobby. And then if he wants us to leave, we could be like, well, we could always go into a room. And then now he's incentivized to give us a better rate. <laughs> okay. Hicker goes over and sits in a chair. Nicholas, what are you doing? I'll go talk to the guy again. Okay. Everyone else gets uh, comfy in the chairs. Yeah. Nicholas walks over and is like, well, what if only two of us were going to stay in a room? Would it be the same price? He glances over your shoulder to look at everybody. Hercules like putting um, his coat up like as a pillow and like settling down in his chair. I mean, we could otherwise, you know, all just stay in the lobby. Uh, he says, two people, thirty gold. Two people for thirty gold. Thirty. Thirty gold, right? Okay, so that's not too bad. Would we get a discount if we got two rooms? No. All right. Well, I guess I'll just get one room then. Is there any way you could bring the price down lower? Any, any, anything you need help with, or any way for me to convince you? No. I like you. What's your name? Uh, he says, My name's Andre. Andre? Yeah. I like you, Andre. You're a straight shooter. No-nonsense kind of guy. Here's the uh, 30 gold we agreed to. Okay. Two people below. That's fine. That's fine. You've been very reasonable. Been very reasonable. I'm guessing the rooms are just numbered? Yeah. Okay. He gives you room 512. All right. I, I appreciate that, Andre. Thank you. Walk back over to the rest of the group. And I, 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 I kind of like turn so i'm like my head's facing away from andre so you can't tell that i'm speaking and i'm like okay guys i got a room it was only 30 gold but he says only two people can go inside so we got to sneak the rest of you in somehow uh, okay who's who's going up first someone should go see if there's like a a window we could drop a rope out of and high how high maybe it is is it just like um stairs that go up or is there an elevator yeah you take a look back and there there is a very small elevator but there are also stairs heading up okay how about this how about two of us go in the elevator, and as we're about to go in, and uh, I'm assuming drawing the attention of Andre, I can, I can like say something or ask him a question. I can use a mage hand to unscrew the light bulb, <laughs> <laughs> allowing you to go up the stairs. How does that sound? Audrey says, yeah, that sounds good. All right, we're, <clears throat> we're on the fifth floor, 512. We'll see you there. Constance butts in though for a second and he says, uh, maybe we should pretend like we're about to leave. Well, that's what I was going to yell at the, at Andre is like, oh, our friends are going to leave and meet us tomorrow. I'm going to yell that out and then the lights will go off and you'll be gone. And what other conclusion could he draw but that you left? Uh, all right, let's give it a shot. Who's coming with me? Probably the least sneaky of you. Nicholas looks from person to person. I mean, I'm not <laughs> super sneaky, but I can see in the dark. They might need your help to get up the stairs. I don't know, but just sort of like, I can I can see in the dark, <laughs> so I'm not going to like run into anything. Yeah. Okay. How about, um? I don't think anyone else can see in the dark besides Gobsy, right? Yeah, that's correct. Well, Gobsy can lead them. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> me and her care will go to the elevator and the three of you will go up the stairs. Uh, yeah. Audrey says, yeah, I'm good. You good, Gobsy? Oh, yeah. Okay. So Nikos like gets up and he's like, well, it was good hanging out with you guys. I, was, I got a room here. I guess uh, we'll catch y'all tomorrow. Constance puts on a very dramatic face, and she says, I can't believe you got a room without us. I mean, Andre sets the rules. He seems like a, you know, straight shooter. He, he, he wouldn't let any funny business go on under his <laughs> watch. That's so, that's so mean of you. I mean, I wouldn't call Andre mean. That, that seems a little uncalled for. But we'll, we'll see each other in the morning. You know, it'll be fine. I'm sure there'll be plenty of, like, you know, overhangs to get you out of the rain. Maybe in a maybe a nice, like, sewer grate that'll have, like, warm air coming out. 
Ugh, you're disgusting. And she, like, fake slaps you. <gasps> Constance, what do we say about resorting to violence? <laughs> I can't believe you. Do it. Come on, Hercure, let's go. All right. Hercure gathers up his stuff. <laughs> As Niklaus walks towards the, the elevator, he uh, tries to mutter on his breath the incantation for, for Mage Hand. He's like, stupid Constance Flash I can't believe she would slap me like that. <laughs> and then he has it float up above towards the ceiling and then towards the, the singular light bulb. Your mage hand reaches the light bulb, and then what do you do? As the elevator dings and opens, the, light, the mage hand just unscrews the light bulb until it goes out completely. Yeah. So the only light should be coming out of the, the elevator, right? If there isn't even, even a light in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The light goes out, and let me roll for everybody. Ooh. And, and <clears throat> as, as it does go out, I'm like, Andre, the lights better be on in my room, otherwise we're going to have another conversation. Yeah, the lights turn off and you hear Constance go, Ugh, this place is the worst. We're leaving now. And then you hear just, like, a bunch of confused shuffling. You hear something fall over. I'm going to cast Infestation on Andre. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> it shouldn't kill him, but it should really annoy him. And maybe encourage him to uh, keep up a better motel. Alright, what does it do? I cause a cloud of mites, fleas, and other parasites to appear momentarily on one creature I can see within range. The target must succeed on a constitution saving throw, or he takes 1d6 poison damage. Oh god. Hopefully we don't wake up in the morning to a dead Andre in the lobby. <laughs> he rolls a 16. Okay, he makes the con save. Okay. So he, he's, a, he's attacked, but no damage, right? Yeah. Having most likely resided in a very seedy hotel for several years, he appears to be... <laughs> He appears to have developed a resistance to bed bugs, fleas, and other mites. It doesn't stop him from getting itchy, though. And he's like, oh. Meanwhile, there's still some clanging, apparently, <laughs> as Gobzu, Audrey, and Constance, like, thud, thud, knock, thud, thud, up the stairs. Yeah, literally knock over everything in the room and run up the stairs. Jeez. The elevator door opens. I go in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little coin slot where it requires two gold. Oh my god. I put two gold in. <laughs> I was about to say, I step back out. <laughs> but, it, see, but before I could move, uh, I see Herker putting money in, so I, I stay. <laughs> Suddenly the buttons become activatable. I will uh, press the button for five, I assume. Meanwhile, from the lobby, you hear Andre go, ow, ow, <laughs> ow, ow. ow. The elevator goes up and the doors open, and you see Audrey with a big bruise on her face. Oh man, Audrey, what happened? Oh, don't worry about it. I, th I think I just, I just bumped into something. Somehow you see Gobzu with like a similar bruise on his arm. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> Gobzu, you can see in the dark. What happened? Oh yeah, I just got really nervous for a second, and yeah, I don't really know what happened. And Constance, Constance is just like, ugh. Constance, you did great. It was uh, quite the performance. All right, should we find this this room, such as it is? Yeah. Yeah. The five of you go into the room, and you see that there is a heart-shaped bed and a very small shower. Is there a mirror on the ceiling? <laughs> yes. This is a very strange hotel. Admittedly, I don't know much about hotels. Was the bed big enough for everyone <laughs> to fit? <laughs> it's probably big enough for two people plus Gobzu. We, we, we can Tetris our way in there. It'll be it'll be fine. <laughs> I can sleep on the floor. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it should be fine. 
Is there like a a couch, a swing, anything? <laughs> swing. <laughs> <laughs> there is a love seat. Okay. Perfect. I get, <clears throat> I'll take the love seat. Guess take turns with the shower. It's a long day of uh, walking. Audrey says, "Y'all all right if I go first? It's fine. Yeah. Are there towels? She opens up the restroom and yes, there are towels. Okay. But only for two people. It's okay. I can press it to just take myself dry. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I can also clean myself, but just having the shower is nice. <laughs> Nicholas begins licking his arm like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Constance is like, uh, <laughs> confused sigh. And she rummages through her bag and she pulls out a very large bottle of beer. And she says, uh, you guys want some of this? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let me let me try to go find some cups, I guess. She rummages through the hotel room. She pours drinks for everybody, and she she even saves a little bit for Audrey, even though she tries to hide it from everybody else. Hey, before you pour, let me let me see it real quick. Uh yeah. I grab the bottle and I chill it using prestidigitation. Nice. Till, till like frost forms on the outside of it. I'm like, oh, here you go. She's like, oh, that's cold. <laughs> Yeah, beer's always better cold. She pours drinks for everybody, and then she says, uh, So, you gotta continue your story. I'm still a little bit lost here. So you met Audrey, and then you met Gobsu, and then you found out about this pixie thing. How did you find out where I was? We had to go to the Mulan Rogue. Audrey told us someone there would know where you were. Are you familiar with Rogue Leo? <laughs> Rogue Leo! <laughs> uh, yeah, I've worked with him a couple times. Well, he helped us find you. Ugh. Well, that's really nice of him. Yeah, all he wanted was to have a conversation with us. It was great. Ah, yeah, the, that awkward introductory discount. Mm-hmm. What did you tell him, if you don't mind me asking? Just the basic stuff. You know, both parents died when we were young. I tried to go to art school. Audrey went to engineering. Did you have a corporate job once, too? Ah, ew. <laughs> Though I did draw some advertisements for them at one point. Gotta pay the bills. Everyone works with the corporations at one point or another. No way around it. Yeah, so he told us where we could find you, and then we got attacked by your heart after we broke in. That was traumatizing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you need extra security. Very true. We did make it through your door. With magic. Yes. Specifically magic just to open doors. <laughs> <laughs> that seems really specific. Why would you need that? You would think you wouldn't need it until you come across uh, a door. Probably several doors that you were unable to open otherwise. Yep. Maybe one day we'll meet someone who knows how to lockpick. Maybe someday. Hey, Gobsu, you wouldn't happen to know how to lockpick, would you? Gobsu says, um, no, but I could try to learn if you want. I mean, don't do anything you don't want to do, but lockpicking is a lot like painting. <laughs> you have... You have a tool, and you you, you create something precision. beautiful yeah, <laughs> out of it when you're done. One is a canvas, and the other is a, a lock Door. hole. Door. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ever pick up any lockpicking skills and you want to try them out, just let us know. Okay, I'll put that under my, my painting skills. Okay. What we'll do is uh, next time we're in the shop, remind us, and we'll we'll pick you up some, some tools for that. Oh, okay. Constance pours you guys another drink, and she says, uh, So I met the three of you, and then you guys went to the district admin building? Right, well, we needed help getting into Canalone, but you didn't have the Magitech you needed to make the papers, paperwork, the IDs. 
So yeah, we went to the admin building to find the information on the train. The train had the magitech you needed, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't really hear about anything that happened over there. I yeah. mean, it was fine. It was fine. It was uh, educational. It was a learning experience. You know, picked up job skills. We were not paid. <laughs> but yeah, we got the information from the, um, the district manager's office. Uh, you guys are super sneaky, huh? Yeah, we had yeah. to sneak in there. There was no other way. Um, we definitely snuck in. Any Anyone seen on the premises after hours would be killed on site. So obviously... <laughs> <laughs> it required us to use all of our skills. I think Jack um, described it as very tactical. It sounds like Jack. So then we planned the heist. How did you uh, get away after the cops and goblins showed up when we were on our way out? Uh, well... I've been sort of preparing for something like this to happen. Uh-huh. I did have a secret passageway through the... Well, one of them was in the dishwasher. Nice. There was also another one in the, uh, uh, dumpster. She sort of brushes herself off as she says that. Is that the one you had to use? Who can say? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think Audrey's coming out of the shower, so it might be open. <laughs> uh, it's been some time since the whole thing happened, so it's more like... A mental thing for her. I'm just giving her a hard time about it. Yeah. Yeah, so what what happened on the train? Goblins. They followed us. They came from the skies. Yeah, I definitely remember the... Yeah, so the police showed up at my place, and then a bunch of goblins rolled in. Yes. Well, we thought we'd lost them all. We escaped some cops while we were on the motorbike over to the train line. And then, as we were getting, getting onto the train, that big 18-wheeler burst through a building... And began catapulting goblins at us. So it turns out the Godfather was really mad about the whole pixie thing. So he confronted us in the train. Yeah, he just wouldn't let it go. Just would not let it go. So then we chatted for a while and basically Gobzu convinced him to give to free the pixie. And in return, you would help the goblins find new occupations to get money to survive. Somehow they ended up with Lena in charge of the goblins. Yeah, we're not exactly clear how that happened, but, uh... Who's Lena? Lena is actually the name of the pixie. Well, how, how did she get out? Godfather freed her. Then we went on to uh, try and get the, the Magitech from the train in the next car, and we had to fight an Iron Cobra, which is exactly like it sounds. But scarier. Mm, yeah, it had all kinds of breath or mouth guns with different effects. It wasn't great. But we defeated it! And there was one more cargo car? And we were like, well, we're here. We might as well check it out. Oh? Yep. And uh, <clears throat> it was just a cell, like a really like overdone, over-the-top holding cell that because of our break into the train, that the seal on the door had been breached and the girl inside had murdered everybody. Wait, there was a girl? Yeah. Yeah. She was a half-elf. She was just ripping people apart. It was it was horrible. Wait, who is, who is she? We don't know. We should suspect she might have been the fourth in the canisters from which we emerged at the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. Huh. She fit the, the clothes that we saw. They're kind of like the same <laughs> dimensions. Rough guess. She summoned a demon and teleported away. Wait, she teleported away? Yep. How? Like, there was a pop and she was gone. There's another one of these people who can cast magic? We think it was the pods that let us do it. Yes. Whatever happened in there. Only she was clearly farther along in the process, maybe, because she was way more powerful than either of us coming out of that thing. Yeah, and I never was able to cast magic before. I was found myself in the pod. Me either. So anyway, we had to fight the demon, and... It didn't go well. It did not go well. And Jack died. 
but he saved us. Tears begin rolling down Hercure's face. Maybe you've had one too many of these, Hercure. Constance pours you another one. Hercure downs it. Yeah, then the train derailed, fell into a another warehouse, second one we've fallen into. <laughs> Hopefully that's not becoming a trend. And navigated her way out, found Audrey's friend Virginia, like trapped underneath some rubble. Friend. They had a heart to heart and we decided not to leave her for dead. <laughs> it was it seemed like it worked out in the end because she did seem to pull some strings to make it seem like Audrey had died in the in the derailment, so no one should be looking for her anymore. Ugh, that's good. I never really did like her. Not everybody is as cool as I am. Yes. True. She looks like she's a little bit drunk. Let <laughs> me get another one of those cups. I'm going to refill. Yeah, she pours you one. Thank you. A toast. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Jack. To Jack. To Jack. Ugh, his muscles. Miss you, bud. Jack. Audrey finally comes out of the shower and sort of gestures to whoever to go next. And the rest of the night is uneventful. <laughs> Hercules probably slowly just diving more and more into himself, thinking about Jack and whatnot. Yeah, Hercules, you sleep on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Nicklaus, you take up the love seat. He thoroughly, thoroughly prestidigitates it. Hercules <laughs> is just not worried about that sort of thing at all. Constance, Audrey, and Gobzu take up the bed, and Gobzu is just in the middle, and both sisters are facing outwards. And you guys go to bed. Yes. The short half-elf that we saw by the map didn't look like the half-elf from the train, did she? When are you thinking about this? Like, Like as I wake up. Okay. As you wake up, you think back to that half-elf that you saw at the map console. Mm -hmm. And no, they, they look completely different. The the one who you think might have been in that fourth tube with you... She was tall, right? Yeah, is quite tall and quite a bit older than the half-elf that you saw. Old and tall. <laughs> Granted, the one that you saw was pretty young, so... Yeah. Older and tall. Everybody sort of picks themselves up and... Gets ready to head out. Are you all ready to go? Uh, how are we going to do the the exit? Well, we've already paid, so I say we just run away. Fair enough. Ugh, that sounds good. <laughs> so we uh, pack up and prepare to run away. Flee the scene. I mean, leave the motel. Stairs or elevator? Stairs. Definitely stairs. Yeah, who wants to spend that two more gold on that? Come on. As we are running through the lobby towards the, the door out. Nicholas does wave to Andre. And he's like, thanks, Andre. See you again. He's like, uh, bye. Bye. Uh. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Yeah. The five of you guys just sprint out of the hotel, the buy gas hotel. After some distance away, you take a look at your map and your compass and you realize that you still have no idea where you are. Do I know approximately where north is, looking at the location of the sun? Oh, wait, I can't see the sun very well here, can I? Guys, I still have no idea where we are. Well, I mean, if we go north-ish, then eventually we'll hit, like, a larger road, right? Or another map thing? Maybe. I mean, we can certainly go the way we were traveling, assuming it's north, and see uh, if we can hit another map kiosk. I don't really have a better plan. 
to be honest. I mean, we could look for um, the fanciest looking building we can see and head towards that. That's probably got a better chance of a working map. That's true. I look around to see if I can pick out a fancy uh, skyscraper building. Yeah, do a perception check. 11. Yeah, you see a pretty large fancy looking building, the base of which would not be too far from here. Okay. I say, let's check out that building over there and hope it's not illusory. Sounds good to me. You guys head towards the somewhat tall, fancy building that Hyukyu has found. And upon entering the lobby, you see another of these map consoles, this time privately owned. Are we being approached by security? I'm just asking. (laughs) The concierge definitely raises his eyebrows as we all shout last night. We're clean. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) But as long as you don't actually try to go up into the building, he seems to not particularly mind. The map console is a little bit of a ways inside the lobby, and from here you see the back of a familiar gray hoodie. Oh, I guess she's lost too. And you see her mashing the buttons again. Hercule will approach and go, ma'am, can we help you? You head towards the girl, and as you say that, she makes a little bit of a surprise squeak, and she turns around. She goes into her faux defensive stance. Hercule raises his hand, he's like, just trying to help. You seem to be lost, and we're also lost, so. And then she says, stranger danger. Niklaus, like, pokes his head around. Hercules, hi, my name's Niklaus. What's your name? With her arms raised up, she squints at you, and she says, my name is Olivia, and I'm going to leave. Hi, Olivia. Nice to meet you. She tries to shuffle around you. We're not strangers anymore, because... <laughs> We know each other's names. Yeah, she she very awkwardly crab walks, or I mean, shuffles like sideways walks around you. Well, we're not going to keep you here, so you're welcome to to leave. But if you didn't want to travel alone, as as Miklaus is doing this, Herker pulls out his pipe of smoke monsters and oh. uh, makes a uh, like a little. Don't get us kicked out of the freaking hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so continue, continue. <laughs> <laughs> And makes like uh, a little cat to run towards her and then disappear. Yeah. As the cat runs towards Olivia, she freezes and scrunches up her face. And then your smoke cat floats through her and reappears on the other side. You don't see that every day. Hmm. Did that cat... I don't know why it reappears. Phase through you? That's weird. I mean, compared to some of the stuff that we've seen. It's <laughs> Fair not enough. Not even top 10. So. Fair enough. It's still a little weird. Yeah. Olivia is like, ah. And then she runs out the door. Meanwhile, Gobzu, Constance, and Audrey are all looking at you and Hirkir, and even the concierge is also looking at you guys. Audrey says, who are y'all talking to?
Hey everyone, this is Joey, your very adequate dungeon master. I hope you've been enjoying the start of Season 2 of Adequately Advanced Magic so far. If you do, be sure to subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Join us next week as Hirkir and Niklaus get themselves unlost. <laughs>